Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Thursday, the 7th of September, and my name is Helen Freer. So there were some significant moves yesterday by stocks including Apple in the US and luxury goods stocks in Europe. On today's show, I'll be talking about this and more market news with my colleague Mike Rauber. And Norbert Rooker, one of our commodity experts, also joins us this morning. We're hearing a lot about oil supply cuts from Saudi Arabia and Russia at the moment. So I'm looking forward to getting Norbert's latest thoughts on the oil market. But let's start with the latest market news. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Helen. So starting with the US then, there was a slew of US economic data out yesterday. And by and large, this was positive. What were the highlights? Yes. So reports from US companies in the services industry pointed towards continued growth in the world's largest economy. And, you know, services companies really matter as four out of five Americans work in services firms. So the news yesterday was that a slight majority of purchasing managers at services companies reported that economic activity continued to increase in August. A separate survey by the Institute of Supply Management that is widely followed found that new orders and employment among services firms actually accelerated in August. Now, materials and labor costs also rose last month, suggesting that the road to lower inflation remains bumpy. And what was the reaction in the markets? So first, taking a step back, Helen, after U.S. equities and Treasury yields rose in lockstep in previous months, the relationship has reversed in recent weeks, with higher bond yields now weighing on equities. And so yesterday, the S&P 500 dropped 0.7%, with 9 out of 11 sectors seeing declines. Now, this was on the back of yesterday's reports that I just mentioned, which reinforced the view that the U.S. Fed will keep rates higher for longer. Swap contracts showed bets on a Fed hike in November rose to above 60%, and the two-year U.S. Treasury yield crossed the 5% mark. Uh, One beneficiary was the U.S. dollar, which saw some gains on these higher interest rate expectations. You've just mentioned then the market seeing a higher probability of a rate hike later this year, but not everybody at the U.S. Central Bank agrees with that, right? Yes, absolutely. So there was a new study released yesterday by economists from the Federal Reserve in Chicago. And they say that the large interest rate increases over the last 18 months should be sufficient in bringing inflation down to 2%. And this view was also somewhat corroborated uh, yesterday by the Bash book, which captures information from companies across the U.S., And it noted that the jobs market slowed over the summer and many businesses expect wage growth to ease soon, which should help to bring inflation down. Coming back to U.S. equity market performance yesterday then, let's talk about Apple. It suffered its worst decline in a month, dropping 3.5% on news that Chinese government agencies have barred staff from using iPhones and other foreign branded devices at work. Can you tell us a bit more about this, Mike? Yeah, certainly. China really matters to Apple. It is its largest foreign market and, of course, where most of its phones are built. So it seems yesterday's news, as far as I could gather, was really about a stricter enforcement of an existing ban. But now it comes. This morning, reports are that China is seeking to broaden an iPhone ban to all state firms and agencies, meaning that employees are not allowed to bring the phone to the office. So on the back of this news, also Nasdaq futures are in the red this morning. 
And coming to Europe, we saw some big moves here too. I saw luxury goods stocks slumped. LVMH fell 3.6% and Richemont dropped more than 5%. What's the story here, Mike? Yeah, so they fell after the chairman of Richemont said inflation is starting to impact local demand across the region, meaning Europe. And our economists also point out that still high Eurozone inflation is in fact holding back growth on the continent. I guess with luxury stocks, it comes more of a surprise as they've seen strong demand coming out of the pandemic. And so that really explains the harsh reaction in the stock market yesterday. Now, we've had data out of China showing that imports and exports dropped last month relative to a year earlier, but by less than expected. So what's your take here? So the figures are that exports dropped 8.8% and imports contracted by 7.3%, both better than expected, as you mentioned. And those seeing the glass as half full noted that it points towards an early sign of growth stabilization. Although, to be honest, we are not seeing this in the Chinese stock market today with Hong Kong and Shanghai, both about 1% lower. Um, of course, Asian markets are falling, Wall Street's drops and the news flow around Apple and China. OK, thanks a lot, Mike. And anything else to report before we move on? Yeah, just a few items. So the Bank of Canada held rates steady, but it kept the door open to more hikes. That was already yesterday evening. German industrial production reported this morning showed a drop of 0.8% on the month, which was worse than expected and is on the back of some disappointing data out of Europe's largest economy in recent weeks. But on a bright note, uh, Helen, Swiss unemployment came in at 2% this morning, of course, very low by international standards. And this reinforces the country's safe haven nature and its appeal as an investment destination, as I see a sea of red in markets this morning. But that's all for me and back to you, Helen. Very good. Thanks very much, Mike, for the roundup this morning. Thank you. Now, Norbert, great to have you on the show this morning as well. Good morning, firstly. Morning. So oil is back at $90 a barrel. What are the driving forces behind the latest price moves, do you think? It seems as if this mark, this $90 mark, was really quite a strong magnet to ignore, too strong to ignore for prices over the past uh, days and past weeks. But if you look back, so back in July, we had a market that was really rather described a bearish sentiment. And this was really getting swiftly up to neutral mood. So you first had a lift from the high 70s into the mid 80s. And now this week, what really made the last leg up is the announcement by Saudi Arabia to prolong its supply cuts, not only into next month, but uh, until the end of the year. This seemed to have been providing the necessary bullish boost to the market mood overall. So if you look at the oil market, it seems like we're in an upcycle of sentiment and this really has been lifting oil prices. And to be honest, this is also mirrored by some of the technical momentum and all the technical indicators turning bullish that we see. Other supply cuts from the Petro nations under the lead of the Saudis going to be long lasting, do you think, and support prices? Well, I think the, the one of the main points is that um, the fundamental situation in the oil market would not require a restricted gift oil supply policy from the petro nations. So basically, this measure, this solo effort by Saudi Arabia, joined by um, Russia, really is kind of a blunt way to prop up prices and to increase cash flows. Um, the Western consuming nations, those that actually pay this markup, are comparably quiet in the geopolitical arena. But instead, they're really using the influence behind the curtains, meaning that 
the price caps on Russian oil are not really persecuted and forced, meaning that sanctions on Iran are not really followed up to, meaning also that Western know-how and capital is really slowly trickling back to Venezuela. So the Western states, nations take it very loosely on the Perea states these days. And uh, yes, this has an impact. Uh, Iranian oil exports are growing robustly. So they're already now seemingly compensating for more than half of the Saudi cuts. And if we can also look at other areas uh, beyond the, the petro nations, overall, it is a quite comfortable supply picture that is shaping up. And not to forget on the demand side, um, Chinese oil consumption is playing a key role in the market. That's where most of the demand growth is supposed to come from. But if you look at the economic challenges, if you also look at the swift energy transition in the mobility markets toward electric cars we see there, um, it's quite, uh, yeah, it shouldn't account for strong oil demand growth uh, going forward. So all in all, um, the oil politics, the Saudi effort might be something that tightens the market now a bit. But there are really question marks if this is something sustainable in terms of tightness, if this is a policy sustainable in supporting prices longer term. Okay. Um, what would you say are the main risks and uncertainties going forward then? If you see the oil price where it is today in the 90s, I, I think it's really detached uh, from the fundamental. That seems to defy a bit of a gravity. So that's why we really see more downside uh, uh, going forward. That's why we lowered our view on oil to cautious. That said, the near-term outlook in terms of the bullish momentum might imply that prices remain a bit elevated and very near-term for longer. That's why we also increased our near-term price target to 82.5 from 80. The uncertainties that stick out, well, this sentiment cycle could be a bit longer lasting than normal, meaning that just prices defy gravity for longer. But as soon as you move into next year, the oil politics most likely needs to see and will see a reset because a solo effort, a continued solo effort by Saudi Arabia is unsustainable. Eventually, the petro nations need to shift back to more equal output levels. And there's also a trigger that could force these negotiations um, around growing exports, but also simply the fact that the Emirates will increase production next year under the new quota regime. So these are really the uncertainty elements, sentiment in the near term, and the oil politics in the medium to longer term. But overall, um, we changed our view. We see more downside and shift our view to cautious. Thank you very much, Norbert. Good to get an update on this from you this morning. Thanks, Helen. So that is all for today. Thanks very much to today's guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be speaking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Until then, have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer, we would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Bear experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.